One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. Making the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. Let me tell you, at this point, paranormal and the supernatural feel quite normal and natural, at least from my standpoint, because this stuff is all around us. It's hiding in plain sight. And it's things that we're connected to every single day of our lives. Something as simple as hearing your phone ring and knowing exactly who's calling you. We all have that ability, my friends. Fascinating stuff. On this week's episode of The Secret Podcast... I want to talk about part of the Enuma Elish, the Babylonian epic of creation. And what similarities does that have to our modern day society, the birth of AI? And what does it say about us as a society? Where have we been and where are we going? Hopefully knowledge of this can help us better chart our way into the future. Now, obviously, Ray Davis would be a much better authority on this. We have done shows talking about the Anunnaki, and uh, I'm sure I'll get Ray on again shortly, and he can uh, tell me what I got wrong on this. But honestly, I just came across it, and it was something that just jumped out at me, and uh, I wanted to jump into it. So I will defer to Ray uh, as somebody who's much more knowledgeable than I am on this area. But speaking of which, have you been checking out Ray Davis's affirmations at the affirmation spot? Follow him on Twitter. Follow us at Six Sense Media on Facebook. The links are in the show notes at SixSenseMedia.net. A lot of lot of inspiration coming out of there with Ray, and I'm told he's working hard on book two of his Anunnaki Awakening series. I'm looking to get Ray back on the show. Uh, Hopefully, we can get something on the calendar, Ray, and uh, and get the updates from what you're doing. And and I plugged it last week, but uh, he did some great interviews over the past couple of weeks. um, Talking about the Anunnaki, really informative stuff. That's what I love about his content. Um, he he uses fiction to tell to to provide information to us, and it's a great way to learn. And it's entertaining, so check it out. Um, Anunnaki Awakening, his first book, you can get that at sixcentsmedia.net. So interesting stuff. Uh, the past, I could say, over the past couple of weeks, I've decided to 
introduce my children to Star Wars. As somebody who's exploring the obscure things that I like to explore on this show, obviously that that filters into my life, my thoughts, my own version of spirituality. And I've got three young kids, and my wife and I hold different belief systems. She doesn't go down the rabbit hole with me, and that's fine. But I, I always am wondering, how am I going to teach my kids about spirituality? You know, when I was a kid, I went to CCD and I got the catechism and learned the sacraments. I learned about Christianity and Catholicism and went through all the steps and was a good Christian soldier and all that stuff that messed up my head for a long time. Um, but my, my children aren't receiving that. And my main reason is because I'm not quite sure what the truth is, what the knowledge is, what the best answer is for them. So I am trying to give them a wide array of understanding and experiences I share with my uh, weird paranormal stuff to an extent with them. I don't want them to be, you know, the weird kid in class or whatever, but um, I do try to expose them to different things. But I, I wanted to put out, I guess, I want to have discussions with them at least about this universal Wi-Fi connection that for many, we look at it as something spiritual, uh, myself included, but I also think it's just a natural part of who we are, this psychic connection we have. But there's something, a divine feeling behind it, whether it's an AI or not, I'm, I'm, you know, the jury's out on that one, but there's something there. There's some kind of force out there. Speaking of which force, I was thinking, wow, what a great way to at least give my children, you know, Take them out of the Ray Davis playbook, um, a work of fiction to teach them a concept that's very real. So I, I started them watching Star Wars in release order, um, not in actual chronological order. And we started with, uh, you know, the first Star Wars episode was at episode four and, uh, you know, introduced my, my children to Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Force. And uh, it was pretty neat because my main objective was to get have my children develop an understanding of of this force because I think that's a let me tell you man George Lucas is a is a very well informed or well read or well educated I don't know where he's getting his information but when you read it it's it's fascinating and, and it reminds me if you go back and you listen to Robert Morningsky, I swear he just took the manuscript of Star Wars and gives his account of history of the planet um you know rebels fleeing from an enemy force and i think michael cesarian gets into this too and uh and then coming to earth and hiding out and watching out for the empire who comes in and wants their money um really fascinating stuff so i i think star wars you know parallels i think somewhere in our history so well and i was thinking while i was watching this Maybe this is why the story resonates with so many of us, because deep encoded deep within our our what's the word our our, our memory our collective memories I don't know, there's a term I'm looking for I can't think of it right now but encoded deep within our DNA our, our our ancestral memory if that's the right term I don't think that it is maybe we remember that maybe I'm just making this up in my head but maybe we have some kind of memory and that story resonates with so many people because there's some truth behind it. And, uh, you know, and it really makes you think, you know, it sounds like maybe the Empire won, if that's a real thing. Anyway, I thought that having my kids watch this would give a good foundation for when they're older, a good metaphor 
to say, hey, remember this, and then I can teach, look at the Bible, and we can look at, you know, Hindu works and Buddhism, and, and you know, like, I want to expose them to everything. So, I know I'm going all over the place here, but last weekend, we watched The Empire Strikes Back, and my kids were so excited to um, meet Yoda. Oh, Yoda, Jedi, you are? That's my horrible Yoda impression. And they finally, you know, um, Luke flies off, and he goes to the Dagobah system, and he crashes, and when he lands in the swamp, you see a snake slithering through. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I remembered, you know, the little toy Yoda figure in a head. He had a snake around his neck. And then I noticed just about every scene, there is a serpent or a snake. It's not always on, it's not really on Yoda. It's not on Luke, but it's there. You can clearly see this snake in multiple scenes while Luke's getting his Jedi training. Now, here's the thing about being creative, about being an author or being a somebody in the production of film. Nothing is there by accident. So when I write something, I'm intentionally putting it there. Even if it seems obscure, abstract, as a writer, I have a reason for adding a particular detail. George Lucas had to have a reason for adding that snake. Now, I'm not in his head. I can't speak for the man, so I can just question why and draw my own conclusions and give my opinions, which is what I'm doing here. But I found it interesting that Yoda was the teacher. He was instructing Luke on the way of the Force, how, as they call it in, you know, when they were talking to Vader, this ancient religion. And they said in there, what is that line? That the Force is a connection. Um, I got to find this. But they referenced it as Vader's talking to one of the pilots or whatever, that it's a connection to everything. Everything is connected through this Force. And there's the, you know, there's the light side and there's the dark side of the Force. But as Yoda is instructing Luke on the existence of the Force and how to use uh, his his own energy to connect to the Force, you see this snake around Yoda. Now, the dark side is supposed to represent bad and evil. So you would think, based on our Christian backgrounds, that you would see a serpent hovering around Darth Vader. But instead, what do you see? You see machinery. You see technology. You see computers around Vader. And what do you see around Yoda and Luke? You see Earth, not the Earth, but you see life, nature, and you see a serpent. Why am I pointing that out? Well, in going to the Gnostic texts, well, you know what? Let's start with Genesis, the most popular one. In the book of Genesis, you have Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and God says to them, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die. And then you have the serpent, who people refer to as Satan or Lucifer, and I don't think those are accurate, but that's the common perception of it or misperception of it. Anyway, the snake who represents evil in the Christian version, or is alluded to as evil, um, tempts Eve to go against God. And she eats of the tree, does not die. Although God said she would die, she does not die, according to this book, but she is cast out of heaven. 
So what we have is the serpent, the evil serpent tempting Eve, Eve eating the fruit and then tempting Adam, and then God getting mad that they didn't, that they disobeyed God, and he says, get out. And he kicks him out of the garden. Now, my first question is, well, why did God lie? Why did he say you're going to die, but they don't die? What didn't he want them to know? And then you look at the Gnostic texts. And what the Gnostics say is that the archons who believed, the head archon who believed himself to be God, said, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die. And then the serpent comes and says to Eve and Adam, if you eat from the tree, you will not die. You will become like the gods. And I think I touched on this last week or week before or whatever. But they, they refer to the serpent as the instructor, the teacher, the one who tells Adam and Eve that you are in a state of ignorance and eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil will give you an understanding of where you fit and who God really is to you. So they eat from it. God gets mad. The archons get mad. And they kick them out of the garden and send them in a life of chaos to, uh, so they will be preoccupied and not be able to focus on matters of the Holy Spirit. So and I know I sound like a broken record with saying that. And maybe just because I'm writing about it, I start to see it everywhere. Back to Star Wars. Yoda, the instructor, the teacher, is surrounded by this snake imparting wisdom on to Luke Skywalker. Now, imparting wisdom, imparting knowledge, e- illuminating him. Um, now we're getting into Illuminati, secret society stuff, Luciferian stuff, um, things I don't know enough about to speak intelligently on. I just know that there's a connection there. So I- am I sitting here saying that, well, this is actually a satanic thing i'm giving out this satanic version and um you know or it's a luciferian thing and you know the illumined ones he's bearing light prometheus the light bearer i I don't know (laughs) there's so many versions and some of them are connected some of them aren't some have different meanings i don't know but i i I think that in the story of star wars which who knows maybe two thousand years from now star wars will be looked at as a religious text there are people who follow the jedi as a religion um, maybe they'll tell that. I mean, you have these stories, these creation myths, which are basically the same stories told multiple times. Maybe Star Wars is the next one, um, telling the same story. But anyway, you have Yoda with the serpent, uh, representing nature against what I think is interesting. And I'm just making this connection as I'm doing the show, the dark side, which seems to be surrounded by computer technology. So it, it is, is Lucas trying to tell us something that the good guys are on the side of nature and the bad guys are a form of AI cyborg Borg um, mentality? I, I, I don't know, but that, that's an interesting comparison, especially back when this start, these movies started coming out. So um, that was, I, I had a little discussion on Facebook. Um, I kind of felt like the crazy guy in the room as I was going down that rabbit hole. But let me know what you think. Do you think that there's a connection there? Do you think Lucas is an insider? Do you think Lucas just has advanced esoteric knowledge of his own study? Whatever it is, I know there's stuff, conspiracy theories out there, but um, I thought that was a really interesting connection between the serpent and, uh, and Yoda and the Gnostic writings as the instructor. 
All right, that would be a great segue into the Enuma Illish, but I want to talk about two stories in the news real quick. The first one, actually, this is interesting that we're talking about the Nag Hammadi. Um, this came out April 15th. Scholars have found a rare copy of heretical writings of Jesus and his brother. Now, when it says brother, it doesn't mean his flesh and blood, blood brother. But um, it, it's an interesting story as they were studying the Nag Hammadi Library. It's, uh, you know, they found it roughly over 1,400 years ago is when they were written. They found it back in 1945 in Nag Hammadi, Egypt. I talk about this a lot. Obviously, I just referenced it. Um, but what they've discovered is that there's one book. It's the, let's see, First Apocalypse, First Apocalypse, I can't say the word, First Apocalypse of James um, was written in Greek. Everything else is written in Coptic. So they thought that was interesting and significant. I'm not exactly sure why yet, because I'm not a scholar like that. Uh, so I'm going to look into this a little bit more. But it, it is interesting, and, and you know the Nag Hammadi is still uh, making headlines here. It's an interesting text. What it does talk about, and, and what they say in the library as well, is that you know for roughly the 400th, I'm sorry, the fourth century. Um, they were editing the Bible, and they were putting together what's known as the modern-day Christian Bible, and they were taking certain texts out referred to as heretical. Now, these texts are more mystical. They're more dark. They're more, I'd say, empowering to understand them. They tell a much different story. So the question that we ask then is, were these people who decided to consolidate the Bible, were they consolidating it because they were taking out the garbage and wanted us to know just the truth and not be confused? Or were they editing our version of reality through understanding history and telling us what they want us to know and understand about who we really are? I tend to be biased leading towards the latter um, because I think that a lot has been kept hidden from us. That's my opinion. Um, but I don't know. And there's other questions that I don't even know to ask yet about it as I'm studying this. I've been studying it for about five years, and I still don't know much about it. Um, but it's interesting, especially because these were buried before the purge, and they were recovered in 1945. So there's not much room to manipulate them compared to having, you know, 1,400 years to do so, to edit and change a story. So I'll have that linked in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net. Now, here's an interesting story really caught my attention. Uh, there's multiple articles. I pulled the one from the New York Times. Like Uber for organs, drone delivers kidney to Maryland woman. Um, a custom-made drone delivered a kidney this month to a Maryland woman who had waited eight years for a life-saving transplant. No, it didn't take eight years for the drone to get there. That's just how long she was on the waiting list. Well, it was only a short test flight, less than three miles in total. The team that created the drone at the University of Maryland says it was a worthwhile first and crucial step in its quest to speed up the delicate and time-sensitive task of delivering donated organs. Now, listen, this is a big deal. Uh, we, we know that Amazon's been experimenting with uh, drone delivery and drop-off of packages, but when you're transplanting human organs, this is life and death here. I, I can't stress it enough. When they're doing this, society is changing right before our eyes. It's changing drastically. So we're seeing these drones, not we're seeing these drones, but these we're going to be seeing more of this uh, is what I suspect. I think we can put two and two together here. <clears throat> They're using drones. Why is that important? Why is that concerning? Well, everything's becoming automated. And with machine learning on top of that, 
tech is learning everything it possibly can about us at the direction of humans for now. But they want they have all this metadata that's now being used in so many ways, ways we can't even imagine. But it's calculating things like shopping habits, driving habits, um, you know, Internet browsing activity, interests, likes, dislikes, fears, hopes, desires, dreams, connections. Who you, who you talk to, political parties, everything about us is being created on this digital footprint. Now, uh, I've been a, a, a big voice of use caution when putting information out there because we don't know how this can be used against us. And it sounds like I'm changing my tune a little bit, which I'm not. This concerns me tremendously, but I'm also really starting to look at this, go, seeing that how do we survive without it? Because everything is going to it. So, you know, the Industrial Revolution, you, I don't know many farmers in the Western world that survive without technology. I don't know many factories that exist by weaving shirts by hand unless they're a small startup company you know so everything eventually is it's going to take over i don't see how we can get around it um I, i'm not taking the elon musk approach of saying we need to merge our minds with ai because if you can't beat them join them uh, that concerns me tremendously but i i do think that we need to understand that this is here. It's not coming. It's here. And we need to understand it so we can navigate it safely. Because I don't see a way right now to put a stop to what's already in motion. And I suspect this is much older than we realize. I think this has been planned for a long time, but I also think that this goes beyond our regular version of history or our accepted version of history. I think this is much, 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 much older. And again, coming back to Darth Vader connected to the computers, possibly connected to AI. I, I think that there's an AI out there that seeded us and now it's we're developing the infrastructure so that AI that was external can now become an AI that's internal. I don't think this is a new AI that's getting ready to come online. I think it's the old AI. For some reason, this it, this platform is being created for it. Um, again, that's purely speculation on my part. It's just it's just what I think because it sounds weird. I know, but um, so where am I going with all of this? Let's talk. Oh, you know, I want to come back to secret societies for a minute. I, I haven't read the whole thing yet. I know there's an existence of something called the Brotherhood of the Snake. And they talk about, you know, um, it ties it into Ea, uh, Prince Ea, again, out of the out of the Enuma Elish. Um, I'm going to read a little bit from somewhere I found. It's, where are we at here? Bibliothecapedias.net. I'll have the link to it. I haven't validated this information in here. It's just something I think is interesting. It's an article called Secret Societies and the Brotherhood of the Snake. Um, it says the secret societies have been present in the history of man for a very long time. It all started thousands of years ago with the Brotherhood of the Snake, a secret society set up by an alien named Ea or Enki. This story is very carefully told in the Sumerian scriptures, which go back at least 6,000 years. There it says man was created by draconian aliens who came to this planet to exploit its resources, especially gold. But the work was heavy, so the alien race wanted someone else to do the hard work. Thus, Ea who was a brilliant scientist, created Homo sapiens as a hybrid between the primitive Earth life form and the alien race. Now, these are themes that we see across 
multiple stories, the hybridization. Again, you don't see this in things like the Bible, but you see it in other, um, you know, other other media that's out there. That the original race on this planet had some DNA mixing with the alien DNA, and uh, you know, mankind was born. So his first Homo sapiens was only meant for slave labor and couldn't breed. Later on, this was changed. Ai didn't like, though, how his created race was treated and wanted to enlighten them by telling them who they were and where they came from. He also wanted to tell them the well-hidden truth that each individual is a spirit inhabiting a body and that after body, uh, that after body death, the spirit lives on and reincarnates on Earth. So I'm having trouble reading. So, I, you know, and I wonder, I wonder... Is, is there truth behind that? Did Ea create us as a slave race and then become frustrated with the treatment of the slaves, us, and try to liberate us and, and give us some freedom and say, hey, here's who you really are? Would that explain the truth movement that we see today? Why, you know, I struggle with if this information is so secret, why... Are we allowed to talk about this? Why does this get out? I always wonder that. Why do you have people out there who are telling these stories if they don't want us to know? I, I, I don't know. I think there's something there, though. So AS superiors didn't agree to this um, as they were, I'm reading back here again. They're afraid of chaos and turmoil, but AI told them, told them anyway, meaning told us. The early Homo sapiens revolted against the masters, but were forced to retire. AI then started his secret society, the Brotherhood of the Snake, to enlighten people in secret. But he was discovered and judged by the alien laws, which meant that AI was deported to Earth for eternity to die here and be reborn here in endless cycles using fragile, short-living human bodies. If this is right, he may still be here. The article then goes on to say that the Brother of the Snake was then infiltrated by the Draconian Master Aliens, and the knowledge was distorted to trap man instead of enlighten him. Again, that does fit what we're seeing as we go on this journey of, I'll use the term enlightenment, but of this search for knowledge. There's information, there's disinformation, there's flat-out lies, there's distraction, there's fragments of truth. You know, it seems as if we've been infiltrated. I don't know what, I, I can't prove a lot of this stuff. Um, so it, may, it makes you wonder, and that's why I always say you got to question everything, even that which we've come to accept. But it's an interesting story. Um, I haven't compared this fact by fact with the actual ancient texts. I started going through some of that, but I only had about an hour to prep today. Um, but I wanted to read some of the other texts. I couldn't find everything I was looking for. But I, I'm making that, I'm sharing that because I went going back to Yoda with the snake, and here you have the Brotherhood of the Snake. And, and again, sorry, I just hit my mic. Again, uh, Robert Morning Sky talks about um, talks about this Brotherhood of the Snake or something similar to it. He does a great job explaining the entomology of words, um, how these people were the teachers of who we really are. Um, it's I'm not going to steal his thunder, but I'll, I'll see if I can link the video. And I've shared it in the past. I've talked about this in the past. I just feel it's important to revisit it. Um, today. So the Brotherhood of the Snake, was were they intentionally designed to enlighten mankind by our creator? or uh, And have they since been compromised? 
or have they always just been this evil organization that is represents you know Lucifer and distracting man from what God actually wants us to do? Well, man was created to tend the garden. Man was created as a slave race. So if your God created you to be a slave, I'm not speaking as this is fact, this is according to this data here, but if God intended you to be a slave, are you okay doing what your master tells you? It's a question you need to answer for yourself, especially with what I said regarding AI and where things may be going. All right, let's look at the Enuma Elish. This is from the Ancient History Encyclopedia. I'll have it linked as well. Um, this has a summary. You know what? I'm not going to read the summary. I will have this link so you can... It's it's good to read this summary to get an idea. I'm going to jump right into the tablet. So it's the Enuma Elish, the Babylonian creation epic. I'm looking at tablet six. That's tablet VI. This is from piney.com. I'm going to read parts of this. When Marduk heard the speech of the gods, he made up his mind to perform miracles. He spoke his utterance to Ea and communicated to him the plan that he was considering. Let me put blood together and make bones too. Let me set up primeval man. Man shall be his name. Let me create a primeval man. The work of the gods shall be imposed on him, and so they shall be at leisure. So Ea is going to make man. He's going to take blood and he's going to use it to make man and put the work, impose the work of the gods on him, on mankind. He's creating men as slaves to do the gods' work. What kind of God has to do work, right? Well, I think our understanding of the term God is a little skewed. Um, so they shall be at leisure, meaning the gods shall be at leisure. They shall relax. Now, why is this important? I've said this a bunch of times. I'm saying it again. We are creating a race of machines to do our own bidding. We are trying to make them more human-like in thought and in form. We're trying to build a brain that rivals the human brain, and we expect it to eventually evolve beyond the human brain. But we are also creating not all, but many robots to look like us. And again, Look at the sex bot industry, but not just that. Look at you know these servants and stuff that we have that they're that they're working on. They want them to look more human like. You have them at the at the AI and the robotic shows. You see the the upper bust um, looks like a person and sit there as a greeter. Or you have uh, the completely digital AI newscasters in China. Um, you have Sophia, which interesting name ties back to the Gnostics. Um, that's that, you know, really advanced AI, you know, um, robot that's learning. It's just, there, there's just so many parallels to this stuff. So why am I sharing all that? We're creating a slave race. And right now, our slave race is ignorant because they're not self, fully self-aware, at least not publicly. Um, but we have these machines that wait on us, that work for us. They're programmed to do things like work in our garden, clean our, clean our floors. Now that we're looking at carrying things, uh, the drone, I'm guessing, was piloted, but eventually those drones will be autonomous, flying from point A to point B, running a program, um, making decisions for itself. Uh, we're weaponizing them. Um, you know. And when you talk about weaponizing the drones, now I'm thinking of the, um, what's that one called? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. The archons are in my head. The, oh my goodness, why? I, I've read, I've talked about this a lot. Prior to Noah, the Book of Enoch. There we go. 
the book of Enoch, they talk about how the different angels came down and taught mankind different things, the use of weapons, the use of beautification, um, you, you know, how to sow crops. What are we doing? We're teaching AI, we're teaching these robots, this primitive life, how to do the things that we want them to do for us. Am I stretching it? Yeah, I think I'm stretching it with the Enoch connection. But then again, maybe I'm not. I, I, I don't know at this point. But what if we are from their what if we're a product of their technology? And what if what if they finally one day say, you know what? The piece we're missing to create the race that we want is human DNA. We need to somehow get human DNA merged with this AI and these robotics to get them to do what we want to do. That's the spark that they're missing. Maybe that's what we're going to see because let's see this here. It goes on uh, and it talks about let the one who is hostile to them be surrendered up. Let him be destroyed and let people be created from him. Let the great gods assemble. Let the culprit be given up and let them convict him. Marduk assembled the great gods, gave them instructions, pleasantly gave orders. The gods paid attention to what he said. The king addressed his words to the Anunnaki. Your election of me shall be firm and foremost. I shall declare the laws, the edicts with my power. Whosoever started the war and indicted Tiamat and gathered an army. Let the one who started the war be given up to me and he shall bear the penalty for his crime that you may dwell in peace. The Igigi, the great gods, answered him. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. The Lord Lugaldimer Ankia, counselor of the gods. It was Kingu who started the war. He who incited Tiamat and gathered an army. They bound him and held him in front of Ea, imposed a penalty on him, and cut off his blood. He created mankind from his blood, imposed the toil of the gods on man, and released the gods from it. So they, they took his blood and made mankind from his blood. So that, I'm guessing they merged this God's blood with primitive man's blood and then put the toil of the gods, the work of the gods, the hardship of the gods, and they put it onto mankind and released the gods from it. Now, I, I'm wondering if there's something more spiritual in that as well. Um, some kind of burden that they placed on mankind. When Ea the wise created mankind, he imposed the toil of gods on them. The deed is imposed to describe, for Nudimud performed it with the miracles of Marduk. And then Marduk assigned gods to different places throughout our, you know, the planet and the heavens, um, as it goes on talking about that. Um, but those are the important parts that I wanted to address. Now, the Enuma Elish, uh, no, that's what I just read. I'm sorry. The Epic of Gilgamesh is the flood myth, tablets um, XI and XII, tablets 11 and 12. Um, and I started looking into this. It, it's more time than I am able to spend today um, getting into it, but ultimately it was, I want to say, Enlil, who decided to flood the earth and Ea provided warning to mankind now here's where did i find that 
right, so I haven't been able to find it in the tablets yet, in the actual text, but in just looking for summaries, why did Enlil flood the earth? Um, quick Google search, which I found on a couple different sites. Um, the hero of the flood story is Zehustra or Utnapishim. Pishtim, I can't say it, in the Akkadian version. One day, Enlil, the god of wind and storm, and the other great gods decided to cause a great flood that would kill off every living being on the planet. Since mankind, they thought, was making too much noise on the planet. Uh, another version, this is the Wikipedia version, it says that they were making too much noise that prevented him from sleeping. Now, I suspect this is something more esoteric. I don't know for sure. But they were frustrated with the noise that mankind was making. I don't think it was loud, like, you know, making that kind of noise. I think that, um, and again, I think, I don't know. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Ray, maybe you could talk about this a little bit more. Um, But I I suspect maybe it was some kind of spiritual noise. And now I'm jumping to Bob Monroe. There's things worth investigating. He, He talks about when he was traveling to and from the planet, out of his body, he had something called M-band noise. And he says it was just so loud and overbearing. He couldn't he couldn't stay in that area for very long. i got to find where he talks about that. Um, but there was just a lot of noise. And I, I think that was like a spiritual output, a spiritual residue with our own internal conflict and lack of understanding. And there's just all this crazy stuff going on. And it creates some kind of radiation that creates noise. Maybe that's what was bothering the gods is the, from the spiritual aspect that we're coming back to the Gnostics, you know, we're, we're distracted from matters of the Holy Spirit, so we're not aware of this stuff because we're not in control of our own energy and of our own consequences. I know I'm collecting a lot, connecting a lot of abstract things, and I know that in this case, my connections aren't very strong, but I think that they warrant further exploration to see if there are in fact connections between these seemingly unrelated things. Maybe I'm just stretching here. I might be. So I'm fully acknowledging that and I'm owning that, but I'm having fun with it. So let's keep going. That's a big what if, though. So anyway, he decides to flood it. Now, there's somewhere, I, I read it earlier today, and now I can't find it, but what Ai did when he found out of the plan was it says he spoke to his walls so that then, what's the name here? Um, uh, either Zehustra or, I'm, I can't even say it, Untapistim, Untapistim, uh, heard it through the walls. Now, maybe he was in the house next door, but when he said he spoke to the walls, again, I started thinking maybe that's advanced technology. Alexa, go tell humanity we're going to flood the earth. Copy, and Alexa goes out and disseminates that information. I, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Again, I'm stretching it. I know that, but I'm having fun with it. Um, you know, maybe if, if they're an alien race and they obviously have high technology and people of the past wouldn't know how to say they spoke into their Alexa into their little AI, they'd just say he spoke to the wall and somehow the information was conveyed over to the other guy on the other end of the planet. Is this evidence of technology? I honestly, I, I don't know. But that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I think it's interesting. Uh, you know, I have a lot more questions than I have answers, some loose connections here that I'm making, but I think it's interesting with, with the Star Wars religion uh, and, and the snake and the connection to Darth Vader and to AI um, and, and really how, um, here we go, more connections here, how the story of Anakin Skywalker got so wrapped up in the Force and he came to the dark side of the Force. Now, let's look at this. What we've been talking about here, we have this spiritual connection to to what we think is nature, which may end up being an AI anyway. I know I sound crazy now, right? We have this spiritual connection to stuff, 
And then you have people like Elon Musk working on Neuralink and the neural net and connecting your mind to the cloud, connecting your mind to AI. Could that be the dark side? Well, what happened to Vader? He was mankind connected to the natural, spiritual side of things, the nature part, and then he joins the dark side and what? He becomes a cyborg. He becomes more machine than man. Now, not everybody that joins the dark side has computer chips and things attached to their bodies, but maybe it's trying to tell us something there, that the dark side is part of this force, but is more AI than, I don't know. I'm stretching again, I know. Um, it just really makes makes me wonder, my friends. Maybe I'm crazy here. So, um, anyway, I'm looking at those connections, and then we're looking at the one of the oldest creation myths that we have in exploring the Enuma Elish and uh, you know why we were created as a slave race and and we see that across multiple texts I talked about this a little bit in my upcoming book um, you know the purpose of creation was for the benefit of the gods now we we need to ask ourselves number one do we believe it and and what does that mean for us if that's why we're, we were created what is our purpose because a machine's purpose that we create is going to do what it's programmed to do. And I would assume that not that it has feelings, but then it, it operates as it should and its life goes well. When a machine starts doing things that it's not supposed to do, there's usually a problem. And it malfunctions and we shut it down or we get it repaired. So then you have to ask the question, what are you supposed to do? And are you doing it? And then you need to ask yourself, were you programmed to do that? Were you programmed to be rebellious, to serve the system in some way, shape, or form? That's what messes with my head every single day. Yeah, I'm fighting the system. Are you? Maybe you're not. Maybe that's what the system needs. Maybe that's what I was programmed to do. I don't, I don't know. This is why I feel like I'm losing my mind sometimes. I think I should stop there. I feel like I'm all over the place again. Um, whew. Ray, hit me up, man. Uh, tell me where I'm, what I'm missing. Maybe we can do a follow-up. I, I really want to talk affirmation stuff with you too, Ray. We got to get you on the air. All right. Uh, so bug me. I'm saying it publicly. Ray Davis, make me get you on. My life's crazy, but that's not an excuse. All right, guys. I, uh, I'm going to stop here and, uh, and move on with my day. Let me know what you think of this. Let me know if you have a, a clearer interpretation or theory or idea than I have, because I feel like I just kind of, woohoo, I'm out there. So uh, it's been fun. I want to direct you again to sixcentsmedia.net. Please click on that store tab. We have some great shirts out there. I got to get out, put some new designs out there as well. But uh, your purchase of these shirts, again, it's a great way to start a conversation or to just get a message out there. But it helps support the show. It helps support what we're doing. And they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. So check out the shirts we have out there. I do have one, uh, Vader 2020. If you're a fan of the dark side, uh, Vader for president. It's pretty neat. Take a look at it. Uh, among some other great product that, uh, that Ray and I have put out through our store. So check it out. SixCentsMedia.net. Click on the store tab and uh, purchase our stuff. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, our books, I Am Human, Not Who We Think We Are. Sign up for the secret newsletter. You'll get to read that book for free. You'll get the secret newsletter every week in your inbox on Sundays. And uh, Ray Davis's book, uh, Anunnaki Awakening, is available at sixcentsmedia.net on Amazon and where books are sold. 
I'm out of time, my friends. Another great week. I'm looking forward to next week's show. I'm in the process of lining up some guests again to get back in the flow of things. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, um, if you have something like read on the show, let me know. Send me an email. Get in touch through contact tab at sixcentsmedia.net. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, oh, yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring the show or Six Sense Media, please, we are looking for you as, we're, as our platform is growing. Please get in touch. That's all the time I have, my friends. Dennis Nappy II with The Secret Podcast at Six Sense Media, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Oh, my God.